Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Karan and Kristen. On this podcast, we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today we are chatting with Eric Blackwell. Eric is leading a rebellion and recruiting fellow pirates to wage a war on work. Eric helps entrepreneurs and creative designers, dreamers, and probably designers, um, build digital products primed for explosive growth. He does this through effortless creation, play, and following the fun. One thing we talk about often on this podcast is how to follow the fun in whatever you do, and this is exactly what Eric does. So we are excited to be chatting with you today. Oh man, thank you for that, and I am very excited to be here. You guys have an illustrious uh, group of guests that I'm happy to join. (laughs) Illustrious. Big word. (laughs) (laughs) So Eric, you're all about following the fun, and In fact, I've indirectly quoted you multiple times during this (laughs) podcast, um, during interviews. So we'd love for you to tell us what started you on your pirate journey and brought you to where you are today. Man, uh, the beginning of my pirate journey would likely be uh, when I discovered Training Camp for the Soul uh, through my friend Chris Marhefka, who I know from our time in Florida, uh, where we went to school together. Uh, Train Camp for the Soul was a program about deep work, going inward, understanding where a lot of your beliefs come from, and then evaluating which ones you want to move forward with and which ones you're ready to leave behind. And that launched me into a self-development journey that then uh, took me to Enlifted and Procabulary, where I met Mark, uh, Mark England and Adam Chin. And... I got some more functional tools from that program that taught me how to look at my language through the mechanics um, of how I speak and the words that I choose. And what I found as I went inward and I started learning more about myself and then I learned more about language and how language um, is essentially the way you relate to your reality and the way you define yourself, uh, that I could craft a better future by speaking it into existence, by believing it, by giving myself the evidence. And so uh, through doing those two programs, I've met a ton of other awesome pirates in the last two years that have supported me fully on this journey and uh, have seen who I was and who I want to be. And they've, they've loved them both. And uh, that's something that I'm excited to give back. So my, my journey um, has been all about absorbing as much information as I can so that I can distill it, synthesize it, and share it with others and give them these tools uh, that have done so much for me and have quite literally changed my life um, very significantly in that span of time, which previously I, I wouldn't have believed was possible. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Quran. I'm like, I feel like she's going to say something. So we're both, I'm staring at Quran. Yeah. I'm staring at Krista. It happens sometimes. We can take this part out or leave it in. It's part of the fun. I feel like Quran's going to say something. Now she is. Yeah. 
So tell me, like, I want to know, like, what were you doing before and what are you doing now? Like, what has changed uh, with all of these tools and the programs that you've gone through? Mm. Well, let's start with what I was doing before. Uh, and we can go, we can go pretty far back on that story. Um, I, I was telling myself a lot of stories. I was telling myself a lot of bad stories about myself and about the world and other people. Uh, I was crafting a reality around myself that was pretty fucking grim. Um, I, I had very little belief in myself. I had little belief that things could change, things could be better, that I could contribute to that. Um, and a lot of that came from a, a pretty landmark event in my life when I was 13. My dad passed away. And uh, the way that he passed away was very sudden. He had a myocardial infarction while he was sleeping. And so uh, he went to sleep and he did not wake up. And that was my, my first bit of evidence, uh, my first big bit of evidence in my life that the world is unfair and there is no plan and nothing you do matters. <laughs> you can be, my dad was my best friend. He was an amazing human being. And he was, uh, the story was, he was taken from me. And really it was just something that happened and that I had to adjust to afterward. So um, I was very angry for a long, long time. Um, and that bled into a lot of my relationships with people. It, it, it changed the way that I approached relationships uh, with people, both you know, friendships, romantic relationships, whatever. When the story is that someone can be taken away from you at any time uh, and without notice and without reason, the investment that I was willing to put into those relationships dropped off of a cliff. And so I, I've always been very personal. I, I love hanging out with people and, and having friends and having a good time, but I just didn't put in any effort after that to do those things. It was more about what flowed into my life. Um, you know, I would, I would run with. So uh, a lot of what I did after that was to prove to myself um, that there, that I deserve to still be here. And I started pursuing a lot of things that I was really interested in. So I became very independent uh, after my dad's passing. I was already a very independent kid, but uh, after that, I became the man of the house. I lived with my mom and my two younger sisters, and I was their protector. So I had all of the protector stories. I had all of the, uh, the things that come, come along with being a man in the U.S. and, uh, yeah, having women in your life that you feel you need to look out for. So I, I hardened myself to become worthy, uh, to become equipped as I saw it for that role. And um, I did not adapt very well with that, <laughs> with that approach to what life was giving me. I tended to um, shy away from putting myself out there. I, I, reacted to things as opposed to being proactive or um i think it was kyle gray that said this quote to me something along these lines he's like the masculinity is the distance between your reaction and your response and the distance between my reactions and my responses was instantaneous there was no gap 
So I, I saw how that manifested in a lot of different areas of my life. And um, after going through college and trying to find my footing in the professional world, um, I, I found better ways to cope. I found better ways to navigate my situation, uh, but I was not being proactive about the things that I wanted. I didn't have goals. I didn't have dreams um, other than to not work. I, I did not, I recognized very early on, I hate working. I hate uh, what most people would call hard work. Uh, I like creating and I, I'm endlessly in pursuit of effortless creation, that feeling of flow where everything is really easy. And so um, Chris Marhefka came by my house uh, on his way out to California and uh, he had just done training camp for the soul and was getting involved with their program. And the second he walked in my door, I could tell that he was different than the person that I had uh, spent a lot of time with in Florida. And um, because I knew who he was, seeing who he became and who he is now, um, it's like, oh, okay, something, there's a catalyst here. There's something that led to this and I want it whatever you're on, dude, give me some. <laughs> so I did the program and uh, learned a lot of new ways to approach my thoughts. Um, and then Enlifted taught me a lot more about how to approach my language, which is, you know, the, the vehicle for all of your thoughts. It's, it's how all that stuff happens. So um, I... I got through that program and I, I came to the conclusion that my, my reason for being here is to help other people skip the process that I went through. People who have experienced grief, people who have experienced loss, people who have just become very disconnected from what they feel they love and what they wanna pursue um, or are scared to talk about what that is because they, they're still not entirely sure what it is. Um, I wanted to take the last 20 or so years and compress them into the shortest amount of time possible so that I could hand that to other people and basically tell them like, here, skip the line. Just meet me up here. It's way more fun up here. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to go through all of this stuff in order to get to this point. I, I grew up with the mentality that I wanted to make my own mistakes. I wanted to learn my own lessons. I didn't want to be taught, coached. Um, I, things came pretty easy to me in terms of like education and absorbing information. So I always wanted to go out and find the information myself. And I recognize that um, that's a very common thing for people nowadays. We have all of this information out there. And because we have Google at our fingertips, everybody just assumes like, if I Google it, I'll find the answer. But they become discouraged very quickly when they start looking for answers because there's so much information out there. And uh, that led me to the conclusion that distillation of knowledge is one of the most powerful things uh, that every single person on, on this planet has the ability to offer. And I want to help them unlock that. So I first had to do that for myself. But now I've reached a point where I feel really confident that I can assist other people with that. And uh, my professional history of of building products and, and managing these very large scale uh, experiences um, gives me a way to translate 
the things people have learned into something they can give to other people that they're excited to share. So take that distillation of your knowledge, package it up, um, tell your story and give it to people and then let them take that and stand on your shoulders and go do something even more amazing. Um, so I'm here to help people with that process. Uh, that is super fun for me. I love, love co-creating. It is my number one thing I wake up every morning excited to do is collaborate with others and help bring beautiful things into the world that will benefit other people. So with all that, what would you say is your, your social rebellion that you've started? Mm. Um, I've got a lot. <laughs> List them. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm drawn to the concept of effortlessness. And so I want to get people away from this idea that you have to work hard to achieve things. Um, you have to, you instead can ride the waves. And I want to, I want to show people how to do that a little bit better. And that's why uh, a lot of what I teach people is how to train your creative muscles, how to uh, better spot the waves and figure out when to start paddling and when to ride and then when to rest and let yourself recuperate before you pick up the next one. Um, I see a lot of people out there who are, they're, they're really big proponents of hard work. And when I hear hard work, what I hear is you're putting in a lot of effort mm -hmm. and effort normally is, is force. And so you could say they're forcing it. Mm -hmm. And when you force things, people feel that that comes through in the product or whatever it is that you're sharing. So if I can help people, um, better channel their creativity, I know that things will become more effortless for them and therefore become more easy. Uh, and that creates a lot of space in their life to go pursue things that previously um, they didn't and then share them with people. So I'm, I'm a big believer that every single person on this planet is a creativity conduit and I wanna help them connect with that, that channel, that endless pool of energy that's out there that um, they've potentially just walled themselves off from. Yeah, you, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned something interesting that like, um, a lot of people don't have goals or know what they want. And I would 100% agree with that. I would feel like, I don't know, random number, 90% of like the population don't have any goals or know what they want out of their life. So how do you help people um, like that? Or are you focus on the 10% that do have goals and do know what they want? Ooh, I, I definitely work with people on both sides. Um, there is a lot of cleanup normally involved to get to the point where you can put yourself in that 10%. Um, you need to be really clear, or I should say you, you will benefit from being really clear. Mm -hmm. And I believe that good creation comes from clarity. It can also come from turmoil. Um, but normally when you create something from turmoil, it brings you clarity. The objective is to get more clarity. And yeah, I see a lot of people who are 
my, myself included previously, who are more focused on what they don't want. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I'm so pumped about and lifted and, and vocabulary and all of these language uh, tools that are out there because you can, you can make that shift very quickly. And that's, that's the thing that I think most people hand wave away when they hear like, oh, you did a language course and like your whole life changed. Great. Cool. Like <laughs> you're in a cult or um, <laughs> you're just telling yourself something uh, enough times that you believe it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's probably true on both counts. Uh, <laughs> but Accurate. The, res- the results are there. And I, I've gotten away from caring about how I get the results. All I care about now is the results. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm capable of getting results for myself. So um, I work with people who are really clear on what they want to do, package that up, bring it to people in a way that um, is that feels right for them. It feels like it's something they can do long-term because it's effortless. It's not hard work, right? The people are on the other side. Um, we do a lot more work on the creative side, tapping into um, no, number one, what fascinates them? That is a, that is my first question with everyone I work with is what fascinates you? And then we, we go through the five whys, which is my, uh, toddler based questioning, uh, <laughs> sequence where they'll tell me I'm fascinated by this thing. We'll say, great. Why? And, uh, they'll, they'll go one level down and that's normally where their definition stops. Mm-hmm. where their where their acknowledgement stops. They've accepted whatever that answer is one level down and it's almost always a story. And so we keep digging and we see if we can get five wise down because normally somewhere between three and five wise down, we find bedrock. We find why this thing actually fascinates you. And then we learn how to take that and channel it into something else. And um, I will then help people bridge the gap to uh, take their fascination, create something from it by mixing their fascination with their expertise. What do you really care about? What do you, what do you learn about effortlessly? And then what are you really good at? Where is the overlap in those things? Because that is at least one purpose that you can lean into. I I think we get way too caught up on the concept of purpose being a singular thing. Uh, you can have many purposes. I have many purposes right now. (laughs) I'm working on a lot of different things I'm very excited about and that charge me up. Um, In order to find those things, I had to get really clear on why I enjoyed doing them. And um, as soon as I did that, things started to click. Uh, The more I shared that with people, the more things started coming back to me, the bigger the opportunities got, um, the more trust people would put in me. And that um, that was very validating. So my, my life now I view as a, a series of creative experiments. Mm-hmm. Everything I do, I try and do in the most fun way possible. And then I, I go into it with like, what can I learn from doing it this way? Mm-hmm. And then I record my results and I revisit that stuff. And I pick out the things that, that really worked and were a lot of fun. And I do more of those and it's working so far. <laughs> The, the why question. Um, first off, I've done, I've done this <laughs> with Eric <laughs> and um, it makes me laugh as well because I, I've played it the other way with a toddler 
who asks why all the time. And so I encourage anybody to first off, ask why and see if you can get somebody to keep answering too, because, or if you have a toddler in your life, play the game where you answer to all their whys based off of what you just said to them and see where it goes. Cause I one time spent like two minutes with a toddler every time I said something and she'd go, why I'd come up with, well, here's my answer to what I just said to that. So it was the most entertainment I'd had ever. <laughs> you can have a lot of fun with that line of questioning. Uh, you can also trigger the fuck out of people mm. very quickly, which is uh, for me, a fun place to start. Because mm. if you're triggered by something, you feel strongly about it one way or another. And that's a good place to begin any journey towards being better, feeling mm -hmm. better, being more connected or more clear on what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you, if you ask people why the first time they're normally like, Hmm, well, let me think about that. I love the, the hmm sound. That's, <laughs> that means, that means we found the right line of questioning. Uh, and the second time they, they tilt their head a little bit at you and they furrow their brow and they're like, okay, let me, let me see if I can dig a little bit deeper. And then they think they found it and you ask them again. And I'd say at least 50% of the people I talk to, they become visibly irritated because they're not used to going that deep. Mm -hmm. They are used to accepting the answer that is one level down mm -hmm. and running with it. And they've built tons of beliefs on that answer that's one level down. So as soon as you start questioning these things, um, the whole structure that they built for what they believe starts to get called into question. And I think that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are not used to that. And so it produces a strong reaction. Um, I've also seen people just burst into tears and, and immediately realize like, oh my God, I've never made this connection and have this beautiful moment. Uh, but just as often, someone will be like, how, how many more times are you going to ask me this? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? They don't want to think about the answer. And that's, that's what I'm here for is to ask you to do that and then to hold you to it. Yeah. I love digging into the whys with just my clients that come to see me at the gym and inevitably, you know, the most often the answer I get from people is that they want to lose weight, right? That's why they're coming to work out or do nutrition with me. Mm -hmm. And when you really dig down into the why of they want to lose weight, like I've come up, I've come to some like really interesting responses from like, you know, one guy put it together in his mind all of a sudden that he was 57 years old and his mom died when she was 57. And he's realizing that it was like, he doesn't want to die and he needs to like get in better shape and take care of his health. Right. Like that realization was, was a big one and it really helped him to like actually stick to his goals of what he was wanting to do to like another guy who dug down and he's like, my wife's hot and I want her to still have sex with me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a good why, man. Your, your wife is hot. You better step up your game. <laughs> so it is, it is like, it is really uh, interesting to dig into people's whys for like, you know, both what they want to create, but also what problems they want to solve and why do they want to solve them? So I love those, those questions. That's a really easy one. You just keep asking the same question over and right. over until somebody is like, okay, that's it. I found it. I do that with Lance sometimes, but he doesn't always enjoy it. I could, I could see that. Other than 
the question why, uh, what's some uncomfortable questions that people can ask themselves when they're when they're starting this to figure out what they want, what to create? Mm. Well, most of the questions that I ask people early on as I'm working with them um, are around two, two topics, fascination and obligation. So uh, what fascinates me? For some people, that's a difficult question because they, they haven't been fascinated by anything, or at least they're not willing to acknowledge it since they were a kid. Uh, the things that actually fascinate them, they don't want to share because they're ashamed of them for some reason. Like, I'm fascinated by lots of things, uh, but let's pick one that can go either way. Video games. I love video games. They're a lot of fun, um, but there's a lot of negative connotations that come with them. So I find that a lot of people are really uh, averse to admitting that they they love video games and they're fascinated by them. They, they just get, they don't like the association that comes with it. So they will uh, instead say, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Uh, nothing fascinates me anymore. And then normally the next thing they'll say is, I've heard that's a sign of depression. Mm. Um, yeah, you don't, you don't need to take any of that on. That's a story. It's, mm -hmm. What fascinates you um, can help guide you. It can be the divining rod. Um, Benjoy loves to say, Fun is the point, mm -hmm. um, and I've I've uh, adopted this uh, this phrase: follow the fun, because I I also believe fun is the point, and I feel like you need to let fun guide you as often as possible. And if you do, it'll lead you to things that fascinate you, and that you'll have a lot of fun uh, learning more about, and then practicing getting better at. Now, the other side of that spectrum from fascination is obligation. And obligation is ugh, potentially the grossest energy I've ever encountered. And it's why I've eliminated as much obligation from my life as I possibly can. So one question I really love to, to ask people, the first thing I'll have them do when we start talking about obligation is uh, we'll do an obligation cleanse. And that begins with making a list of all of your obligations. So everything that you can think of that you feel obligated to do, you write it down, big or small, whatever. And uh, throw out the stuff like, I, I'm obligated to eat food so that I can survive. I'm obligated to sleep so my body doesn't shut down. We're talking about decisions you're making as opposed to um, body chemistry type stuff. <laughs> but if you make a list of all of your obligations, um, the next question I'm gonna ask you is, cool, how many of these can you cross off in the next 24 hours with a phone call or an email? And oftentimes there is a large chunk of that list that can be eliminated by having one conversation and not even a difficult one, just one you've been avoiding for whatever reason. And so uh, that's one of my favorite things to ask people to do as we get started, understand what drives you, what gets you excited, and also recognize what is already present in your life that is taking you away from these things and is bringing you into the obligation space. Um, and then let's cut as many of those things as we possibly can, because you'd be amazed at how many of those are eliminated within 24 hours and then how much space you can create for yourself by removing those things from the equation. And I would, I'll even say sometimes life will choose for you if you don't choose. Mm -hmm. 
I had that happen to me. So I'm speaking from experience, but I, I had made a list with a friend when she did a coach coaching with me of all these things I was doing. I was like, my question was, am I doing too much? And so she had me start listing out like a bunch of things. And there were a whole bunch in there where she was like, Hey, can you have a conversation with these people about it? I put off that conversation and, um, some things blew up in my face about one week later (laughs) and (laughs) those decisions got made for me. So there's also, yeah, like it could have been handled with a simple conversation, which would have likely not had the blow up in my face. However, yeah, there. So sometimes life will choose for you too and be like, no, 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 (laughs) you haven't been listening. You even know the answer to this. So I'm going to do it for you. So yeah. Do you want to do it the easy way or the hard way? (laughs) Yeah. Obligations are, um, they're weird because they're, they're normally stories we tell ourselves about something that needs to happen. And the, the longer you hold on to them, the bigger they get. It's why I stopped making lists. I was a huge list maker for the majority of my life because I was worried that if things were bouncing around in my head, I'd lose them. So I needed to write them down and then I needed to burn them down. I needed to get through them. Uh, because if I could reach a, a inbox zero of all of the things that I needed to do, that would be bliss, right? There's like, there's nothing left that I have to do. So now I can do the things I want to do. Um, what ended up happening was that that list always got longer. The binary acknowledged it never got shorter. Mm-hmm. And the longer something lived on that list, the bigger it got and the less I wanted to do it. And so, yeah, release your obligations that I understand there, there are obligations that are out there that, that people feel that are energetic, that are aligned for them. Like I'm, I'm obligated to take care of uh, a parent who's very sick because I'm the only child. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a, that's an altruistic thing. I totally understand. However, there's a lot of obligations that you have volunteered for that do not serve you that you don't actually want to do and you can remove from your life by simply acknowledging that and taking one action step normally. So do the cleanse, purge, (laughs) purge as many obligations as you can, and then look at what's left. The things that are on that list that, that you didn't get rid of, um, those are likely things you want to do. And you can start looking for fascination in those as well. And then there's cool stuff for you to pursue. I find that when we do that exercise, it leads to a, a tremendous amount of action in the next like 48 to 72 hours afterward, oftentimes more than people have experienced in years. And then once we have that momentum rolling and we've created all of the space, now we've got the fascination list to lean into and we can go start having some fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fascination. That, that's been a huge, what's, um, worked well with my illustrator, Rachel and I was, we, we, I think of you often because we're like, as long as we're following (laughs) the fun, this is going to be going great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Follow that fun. So what we like to talk about creating good trouble. So this is a question. I, first off, what good trouble are you creating and what does it mean to you to create good trouble? Good trouble I'm creating. Um, I, I left my job six months ago 
to pursue building uh, an app for Inlifted that is going to help people connect with their words a lot better. And uh, I, I'm injecting a lot of lessons into that app that will help people create their own version of good trouble because they're going to be more aware of the words they use, uh, how they're affecting them, and where they came from. Because a lot of the words that we use, the phrases we say, they are not ours. They have been adopted uh, and they are on autopilot. That tape is running itself. Um, I'm working on ejecting that tape for a lot of people and then letting them run with the new tools and, and create their own, their own new story that they're really excited to go live. Um, so I'm really excited about that. That app is in beta right now. Um, it's going to be launching fully to the world here at the beginning of the year with a handful of lessons baked in and a lot more stuff coming. So that's, uh, that's one thing I'm doing right now that uh, hopefully will help create more good trouble. I, I want to do it exponentially by giving more people the tools. By, by uh, launching fully to the world, let, I'm going to interject real quick. Does that mean more than just the Apple store then? So like by <laughs> and me over here, I'm like, I don't, I have, I have Android. <laughs> I am also an Android user. Mm -hmm. uh, I have been the entire time that smartphones have been a thing. We will go to Android at some point. However, the technology that we're using to do what we're doing in this app is heavily reliant on speech to text. Um, so in the app, we, we treat it as a voice journal. You're going to respond to some questions. You're going to bring us free form journal entries for things you feel like talking about. And we're going to look for opportunities to help you clean up your language a little bit, make things more accurate, make them more forward focused, um, focus in on what you do want versus what you don't want, all of that fun stuff. Uh, that is really easy to do with Siri. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, Google's uh, speech to text engine is not open right now. So we're working on some ways to get around that right now. And, mm -hmm. uh, my lead, uh, to Cameron and William are my two technology guys. And they recently discovered a way to do that on Android. So we've begun that process as well. It'll just be lagging behind Apple a little bit. It'll take us some time, but it is coming. That will happen. <laughs> and then once we get on Apple and Android, we can bring it to the desktop, um, we can bring it into lots of different areas. I'm really excited about the potential of bringing it into something like Zoom mm -hmm. so that while you're talking with people or you're presenting a concept, you can see some metrics around how fast you're speaking, the breaths you're taking, the words you're choosing, um, all kinds of cool stuff that will allow you to communicate more effectively with people. I believe communication language is the greatest technology we've ever invented. Um, it's why I studied it in college for a time before I realized I couldn't do much with it. <laughs> um, I, I also feel like we've, we've given up a lot of the power that our language has by letting other people define things for us and yeah, tell us what is and isn't possible and, you know, give us phrases that we then pair it back, uh, without thinking. So working to bring more uh, awareness to that so that we can, we can generate some action. And yeah, I definitely want to do that for all of the phones that are out there, but have to start somewhere. It's true. <laughs> well, as an Apple user, I get to play with the beta, uh, version of the app. Have you been playing a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's cool. 
<laughs> it's it's in its early stages, yeah. um, but I'm really excited about the potential that it has uh, for us to create something, uh, something really useful that can live in your pocket. I'm a I'm a big fan of utility. I want everything that I do to be useful, and um, I like where we're starting. But know that there is a lot more coming, and the ultimate objective that I have is to build a, a community, a marketplace, whatever you want to call it, where people can share lessons with each other. Um, they can help someone who's experiencing something similar to what they're experiencing by walking them through a series of questions, having them talk it out much in the same way that they would with a coach um, and do that whenever, whenever it arises for them, whenever there's a need to talk about something there's now a place for you to go talk about it and see what words you used and if there's an opportunity for us to help you make the words more accurate um more useful then you can take that opportunity or you can just keep going because sometimes you just need to vent too and <laughs> it'll be there to to receive all of your rants uh mm -hmm. as much as you're like aspirational journal entry now, so in the future, at some point, it will ask you why five times before you can be done. Why? Oh, man. That's a, I will definitely write a flow uh, yeah, where we will just keep asking why. In your voice, too. Yep. Why? <laughs> yep. It's Good. Coming. Okay, cool. Um, so will you tell us a little bit more about your idea accelerator program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Idea Accelerator is the work I do with the people who are in the 10% we mentioned earlier. So um, it is a end-to-end -end walkthrough of how to create a successful product and bring it to market and do it uh, with as little effort as possible. I want that to be an easy process. And um, for most people, it's the, the idea of creating a product and launching it is daunting for a number of reasons um and they're well-founded reasons like there's normally a lot of trial and error that goes into it it can be very costly um there's risk involved and uh after the time that i've spent in the software industry for nearly the last decade uh building product experiences and fine-tuning things and and treating every part of that experience like an experiment I have now created a, a structure by which everyone can take something they're really excited about, figure out how to package it, um, figure out how to, how to bring it to the right people and tell the story about why it's important to them and launch it with an eye on the future. So um, we focus a lot less on building these big monolithic things and crossing our fingers and, and doing all the right things to launch them and hoping that it works out we instead go through uh, a very iterative process where you are continuously refining the idea, you're learning from the feedback that you're getting and the analytics that are available. Uh, you are building something that is going to provide value out of the gate and is set up to continue to provide more value as it grows. Um, we, will, we will build a product. Uh, I like to think of like an ever-expanding circle. You gotta get the core right. And then from there, we can build outward into larger circles uh, that include more information as opposed to 
I'm going to write this big thing and then hope that it lands. And uh, if somebody needs something else, I'll bolt it on later. Um, it's much, much easier actually to develop a roadmap for where you want this idea to go. Pick the smallest piece to start with the thing that's most core and share it with people and then learn from their responses and inform the next version. I essentially want to create products. I want to help people create products that make money on day one and are set up to continue making money forever because they can grow with the user and they can provide more value. So the Idea Accelerator program is a, uh, currently it's an, it's an online course that you can do that will take you through that process from uh, discovery all the way to launch and roadmapping your future. I have plans after the new year, potentially like right around the time this is going live, um, to do it as a group course as well. Because something, uh, like I mentioned earlier, that really charges me up is co-creating. Mm -hmm. And whenever I get people who have ideas they're excited about, and I put them in the same space, their ideas solidify, they galvanize so much faster. Because now, not only do they have the additional perspective of someone else on how you could do something, they have the feedback from those people as well about, oh, I've really resonated with this concept that you introduced, or... Um, this overlaps with this thing that I'm working on. And that really helped me uh, better define what this is because we're doing something similar, but we're in very different lanes. So like we learn from each other mm -hmm. and uh, that's something I'm really excited about doing in 2022. Oh, it's crazy. It's almost 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that can be right. <laughs> what is it like 21 more days? What is today? Yeah. No, a few more than that. <laughs> yeah. Today is the eighth. Um, so we've got just about three weeks left in this year and, uh, yeah, in 2022, I will be running a small group first, um, through this program. Cause I've, I've taken some people through it individually and I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback. And I found that, um, even when I'm here to help and guide and, uh, chirpa, if you will, they, th there's a lot of work to be done that, um, can still feel heavy when you're carrying that load on your own. And uh, when we get groups together, you know, I'm planning to do it on a, it'll be an eight week course and we'll have weekly calls where everybody gets to share their ideas. Everyone gets to um, go through, you know, the, the documents and the different things that they're putting together to define this idea and get it ready. Um, every time I've, I've done that in a small group setting, it's, significantly more powerful and more uh, energizing than when someone is doing it by themselves and working with me. So that's why I've gotten away a little bit from the individual coaching, which I loved, uh, into building these, these groups out. It's all about the results and the data indicates that the groups get better results. So like I said, so I set up an experiment, I learned from it, and now that's what I'm going to do next. Yeah, so it, something about a mastermind. When yeah, that's you bring, what I was yeah. <laughs> Mastermind. <laughs> when you bring all these minds together, that we get to we get to create even greater things. Mm. Definitely, there's power. There's a tremendous amount of power in uh, a meshing together of unique perspectives. Mm -hmm. It's uh, yeah, it's a very fun energy to be in as well. And like we said before, like 
I like fun. So <laughs> I want to do that. Um, I, I want to do that with people for as long as I can for the rest of my life. I want to help people create and share their creations and iterate on their creations, make them better. Um, but do it in a way that is, it doesn't feel like work. So, well, yeah, with that, where can our listeners go to find out more about you and more about all the things in lifted app, the accelerator <laughs> program, all of the things, um, to find out more about idea accelerator and, uh, to get access to a, a short mini course that I'm going to launch for free here pretty soon called the, it's the three day creativity boost. Uh, you can go to my website. It's creationplaybook.com. And uh, for the Enlifted app, uh, be on the lookout. Check the app store. That's going to be hitting in the app store relatively soon. Um, hopefully by the time people are listening to this, it'll be in there and you can go get it. But if not, check back. Uh, if you are a part of the Enlifted uh, Mighty Networks um, community. We're going to post a lot of information about it in there. There's also going to be a forum that we're creating so that people can share their feedback, share their ideas, help to influence where this thing is going. Because mm -hmm. again, we want to co-create. Uh, this is something I was really excited about building and bringing into the world, but I'm birthing it. Everyone's going to help raise it. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're going to iterate on it and make it better together and build the most useful tool that we possibly can. So um, like I said, the Mighty Network's uh, community is a great place to find some more information on that. Uh, following that, I'll, I'll be releasing, you know, notes and updates and things as we make them. You'll likely hear about that stuff through our email list, or um, I'll definitely be talking about it on my Instagram page, which is uh, at Eric makes it. And you can find out more about what I'm working on there at any given time. I'm, I'm not terribly active on Instagram. I've, I've taken most of the last six months off since I quit my job because I've been, I'm excited about creating other things. Creating content on Instagram is not as fun for me, but if you'd like to get in contact with me, if you'd like to find out more about my journey and what I'm working on, that's a great place to do it. You can also find information about my uh, woodworking there, which is my artistic creative outlet. Um, so if you like, you know, if you like woodworking, if you like any of that stuff, there's also some tutorials and things on there where I walk people through physical creation of things um, because we've, we're so focused right now, most of us on digital creation. Um, there's a very unique power to creating a physical thing and handing it to someone and seeing their face light up. That is like nothing else in this world. That is the highest level white magic I have ever encountered. <laughs> and so I'm going to keep doing that uh, for as long as I can keep my fingers <laughs> um, first off, I've seen Eric give a gift and gotten to watch how the reaction from the other people is his gift in itself. Like, um, so there's a lot of love that goes into that and being able to see the gift that he got back when giving it out was, that was really cool. Um, so I was going to ask, are you still, um, selling, doing custom woodwork and, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. I will make mm -hmm. time for that every time. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's an area, it's a, a medium in which I can co-create really easily. Uh, and we can, we can 
make a physical representation of like the love that someone has for another person. How fucking cool is that? I love working with people on custom gifts. Um, one of the, one of the things that I, I got to make last year, uh, no year before, uh, was a set of tarot card holders. I, I made for a friend that he could give to his partner and, um, he set up a whole like ceremony where he unveiled these and they did a reading and, and they got to sit together and um, sent me a message, a video message from the both of them and just melted my heart to see the intention that went into that gift. The, the, it's a physical representation of your entire relationship with someone, all the things you know about them. Uh, that you love about them and that you know that they love and then making that into a thing that conveys that understanding. Um, yeah, I'm going to do that forever. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so much fun. And it's extremely rewarding mm-hmm. to be a part of the process and to be, um, you know, to get those messages of thanks from people who mm-hmm. receive those gifts from the people who give those gifts, because it's, it's unique. We, I make stuff that is one of a kind and found nowhere else in the world. And that, that adds an extra layer of meaning. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Kron hasn't gotten anything yet. I'll have to start thinking <laughs> <laughs> every now and again, I send Eric a message and I'm like, okay, so this person's on my mind right now and they need something. <laughs> what can you help me create? <laughs> I love, I love co-creating. The one caveat I will throw in there is, uh, you're going to need to bring me something to go. <laughs> so I love uh, creative license, but what a lot of people will say is, Hey, uh, you know, make it your own, like create, create something that's fun for you. And I'm like, no, that's creative responsibility. <laughs> I don't want the creative responsibility to figure out your relationship with this person and what we should give them. Um, I want you to bring me what you know about them, what you love about them. Um, and then we will craft something that shows that person mm-hmm. how much you care, how, uh, how well you know them. And yeah, that's, that's the one piece of advice I want to give to anybody who's interested in doing custom gifts is come with a little bit of thought already invested mm-hmm. and uh, I can help guide you from there. But if you come to me and <laughs> someone come to me uh, like a year ago and they were like, yeah, I want to make something for this person. Uh, you make a lot of cool stuff. I don't know. They like turtles. <laughs> it's like, they like, they like turtles, like Ninja turtles or like, do you want to get any the more chocolates? specific than that? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, that's not quite enough to go. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, if there's something you're excited about creating, uh, get in touch with me. Cause I'd love to talk you through that process, whether, whether I create it or you create it. I just love being a part of that process. Mm-hmm. And how would you recommend our listeners go about starting their own pirate journey or their own pirate life? Mm. Create more experiments for yourself. Approach more situations, things in your life as experiments and make one of the questions how can I have the most fun with this? Mm-hmm. 
that'll normally lead you in the right direction. The very least, it'll make it more fun. (laughs) (laughs) And fun, fun's what we need. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Before we get to the most important question, I have a random question. (laughs) Okay. So your last name's Blackwell. There's a pirate with the last name Blackwell. Do you have any idea? Are they in your family? Like, is this a distant relative of yours? You know? (laughs) Oh, I hope so. How rare would that be? Yeah. Um, I mean, 1.9 thumbs Blackwell. (laughs) Let's find out if you have a pirate relative. (laughs) Hmm. I will do some digging, but mm. was there a particular, like, is a Captain uh, Blackwell? Is there a... The, you know what? I, I don't remember what their name was, but yeah, it was a Blackwell. And I think they were, yeah, they were over on the East Coast area. See, is everyone, where I'm from. Yeah. Is everyone Googling Pirate Blackwell mm-hmm. right now? Yes. I'm watching <laughs> you guys Google it. <laughs> Let's see what I get. Uh... Man, now it's not just pulling something up for me either. Sterling Blackwell, Sailing the High Seas. I think that's who it was. Mm. I'm writing that down because I'm definitely going to research that after this. Yeah, there may have been multiple Blackwells as I'm Googling. (laughs) Sweet. Mm. Well, you can count me among them. (laughs) Now we need to find out if you have pirates pirate history and then we'll have you come back to tell the pirate history once we find out <laughs> yes can't wait <laughs> all right well then the most important question is do you know any pirate jokes i do i know one uh one that i don't think i've heard yet on the show Ooh. why do pirates get along so well i don't know why because they always see i die <laughs> I don't even think I've seen that one in my own. (laughs) Excellent. Well Mm -hmm. done. (laughs) Well done, sir. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on Mm -hmm. and chatting with us and sharing your story and um, yeah, having some fun with us. Um, Mm -hmm. We really appreciate it. This was definitely fun. Thank you guys for having me (laughs) and uh, keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate it. And makes me feel connected to you guys to be able to listen to these conversations. So keep it up and uh, let me know when you want me to come back. Happily do another one. After you find out your pirate history. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Homework Perfect. first. Sterling Blackwell and anyone else in my family tree, I'm about mm-hmm. to do a deep dive. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Pirate Living Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up on the latest community news and find out about our coaching programs. To learn more about the Enlifted program that we mentioned on this episode, visit www.enlifted.me. Make sure to let them know you heard about them on Pirate Living Podcasts. To upgrade your communication and create magic with your words, visit www.procabulary.org and use code PirateLiving50 for $50 off. And until next time, keep creating good trouble. It's rock and roll, guys. There are no rules. This one goes to 11.